You're listening to Cool Runnings. Hey guys, Jake here. Cruelty isn't limited to theater makers. Far from it. And I don't know any class of creatives who have to be as dexterous, malleable, and practical as they are beautiful the way filmmakers do. Their art has to be balanced perfectly with the skill to dodge the poison darts of fate that seem to come from anywhere and everywhere. So, with that in mind, we welcome our first guest from the film world, director Matt Stolarek, who's going to recap for us his trip to hell in a Christmas tree farm. After that, Trey Fillmore returns with a little Arto missive. Nothing crazy go nuts hilarious. We've been making fun of Arto for weeks. I wanted to listen this week to remind us why this man is the godfather of the theatrical avant-garde. Oh, and before I forget to tell you, we're opening this week. My heart thuds at the thought. I hope it lives up to the beautiful text Matt Minachino has provided to us. The outstanding impulses our actors come in every day with. The design, each piece of which is finessed enough to be pulled from a catalog. And you, audience, I hope it lives up to you. I think it will. Theater for the New City, September 1st, 9pm. And several shows after that. Google us. I'll know if you did. Enjoy. Okay, so it's the it's the second week of January, uh, and it's really cold out, um, even in Georgia. Uh, and it was a popular time uh, for shooting, so I'm kind of getting everything ready to go. Um, and about five days before shooting starts, uh, we had been trying to get a popular drag queen to play the role of the mother um, of, of our lead character. And he was in and out at the time. And with about a week to go, he kind of stopped responding altogether. Uh, about three days after that, which would be two days before we started shooting, uh, I had two crew members drop the project. Uh, they weren't necessarily paying attention at the pre-production meetings um, and decided to join up on a different shoot that wasn't hours away so they could still party at night, uh, which made them real cool cats. Uh, so aside from sound, that was that was pretty much half the crew. Um, all there was left was really myself and the, the DP. Uh, so, you know, in the last couple days before... Shooting even started. We had we had lost uh, one of our main actors and half the crew. Um, so the day before shooting starts, I, I go to pick up the grip truck. Uh, on the way out, it's like bouncing like crazy. Like the shocks are made of trampolines or something. Um, and I you know went back and asked them, you know, is this okay? They're like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Drive it away. Um, so I get I don't know maybe an hour down the highway and it just the truck just shuts down on me, kind of pull it over on an, on an overpass. And I call the company and they'll send someone out within an hour or so I'm sitting on, you know, the side of a highway as the sun sets and with no AC, it's getting colder. Um, I, you know, decide to do some work. I pull out my binder and, and try and do some rewrites and figure out how we'll be without this, uh, the, the, the main character's mother, uh, who's really kind of the inciting incident of the film. So as I'm doing kind of rewrites, I get a call from the main antagonist of the film, and uh, he calls me and goes, um, he had booked a, a national commercial that shot in Florida literally the exact same time as our shoot. 
I couldn't really, you know, begrudge him for from taking a, uh, a gig that not only paid, you know, way more than we could ever pay him, but would give him big time exposure. So, you know, I'm sitting in the freezing truck, an hour passes, another hour passes, I'm trying to figure out rewrites, now down two characters, and I just start calling him over and over, just kind of to go, what if you uh, came, came out for half a day? Um, just kind of begging him, and after a couple calls, uh, I was able to persuade him to make, you know, a 10-hour drive so he could be on set for at least one day. The good guy. Yeah. The next day, the DP and I get there kind of at dusk, and we were showing up before everyone else to do a little bit of setup. Um, and the the place we're filming at is this Christmas tree farm, which was, I mean, just gorgeous. I mean, it was pine trees and, like, uh, unnatural, even rows for hundreds of acres. Um, the cabin we were staying in had no heat. And so we literally, you know, after taking everything out, you know, wrapped ourselves up in every sound blanket, every, you know, comforter, and, and kind of huddled together in our, you know, heavy boots and, and ski jackets and shivered the night away before uh, the heat had any effect. Next day, shooting started. Uh, it went pretty well, you know, day and a half, or you know, at least as well as any shoot can go. But around lunchtime on the second day, uh, I was dropping footage, producer kicks in the door, and comes up and goes, um, something near the set is on fire. The, the place where we were, the cabin we were kind of staying at was 10 or 15 minutes away from where we were shooting. So we jump in this, like, cool four-wheeler that the guy who owned had let us use um, and, and ride on over. And as we do, I mean, uh-huh. it just starts raining ash. The sky is dark. It's the right... Christmas tree farms work apparently is after kind of the prime season they just torch whole sections of it to make way for new batches and the way this particular one worked is uh, the owner owned it and he was the one we were dealing with but uh, I, I guess he was not in contact with the people who worked it or they were not necessarily working together so when we came over there I mean I'm sure we were just as much a surprise to them as they were to us we had kind of crafted out a little bit of a set in in these woods so that it didn't look like uh, something recognizable in the trees so when you came back and it was just on fire uh, just the whole the set itself the was entire on fire. set was on fire tree like it literally I mean I'm sure it wasn't miles but it looked like miles of trees just lit up the sky was dark and it was noon I, I just yeah I was in absolute shock and I just kind of stood there and we started talking to these guys and you know they were they were on their schedule and they were gonna do some things and we uh, tried to work it out with them so uh at least they were going to be uh, behind us in terms of what they would burn for the next three days um literally we would shoot something and move on and you know within an hour of shooting it where we were would be just on fire you know and eventually it became kind of a problem uh uh we were already down you know actors so we were doing a lot of improv uh uh but you know we felt we had to just kind of roll with it i mean it was you know very it was something we couldn't afford had we wanted to shoot you know trees on fire um so the film which you know went from a a kind of a tight coming of age narrative turned into a weird experimental short of of uh, you know, a, a teenager walking through almost a literal hell. 
Um, yeah, you can't. I feel like you can't pass that up. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's sort of the shot that dictates the movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Were you, Were you happy with how it turned out? Yeah, you know, I I was certainly proud of my ability to roll with the punches. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I think it turned out all right. The third act was completely gone. Instead of you know returning back triumphant, he just um, dies and goes to hell because <laughs> that's all we had. But um, yeah, you know, I I was proud. That seems to be at least in my opinion what filmmaking is. It's just kind of problem solving. But um, yeah, at least putting out fires. Literally putting out fires. At least we were finally kind of warm. It did, I don't boost that temperature quite a bit. Was part of you thinking, like, you know, when someday I have all of the resources at my disposal that I need, hopefully, like, that this is going to be a really romanticized period of life? Yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, when, when Jake, when you asked me what, what cruel story, this certainly popped to mind immediately. Um, so I can, yeah. I can remember listening to kind of on the way back because it was, you know, again, very early in January from the from uh, old La- old Lang Syne was on. And I think one of the lines is, you know, in a year, all your problems will be gone. And I was just kind of, oh, yeah, I guess that's kind of true. I won't have to deal with people following me around, setting everything I touch on fire, hopefully again. Suggested act in street. Will police allow it? Will police allow it? I must say the atmosphere of modern streets is not theatrical. Therefore, must find my environment. Environment. Inclement weather. Inclement weather. Mobile. Theater. Anyway, you don't rehearse in the street. Anyway, everything based on money and money or lack of it prevent everything. One must be able to intimate materials. Do not cost in canvas, food, and actors. They can be got without money. Or bartered. A community cooperative can be reestablished. In short, what is needed. One can act in a or public square, in a but a one must. If the weather is fine, as one needs, I'm room. ready to show I don't need money and can do without it. Give me a place to live, some food. Let worldly people cut and sew fine gowns. A society within a society within a society within society. A, a state, state within the state. Within the state. Cruel Runnings is produced, as always, by Jake Beckhard and Serena Berman, and in a larger sense, by Artilliers, a paraclassical theater company. Artilliers is presenting Arto Arto at the Dream Up Festival at Theater for the New City from September 1st to September 15th, 2015. Tickets are available at our website online. That's www.artilliers.org, A-R-T-I-L-L-I-E-R-S. And if you like what we do and you want to support it, a little contribution is all we ask. You can make that contribution at cash.me slash dollar sign artilliers. Easy as that. And you can like and follow Matt Stellarik's newest film, Welcome to Sugartown, at facebook.com slash sugartownmovie. So please, do that. Thanks for listening. Keep it cruel.